0: live in the entertainment capital of the world. That right, is down and to the in. in. Around, try to score, and safe. it's the T.C. Martin show. Boat it into left field base hits, Cespedes will score, and the Oakland A's walk-off with Game 2 of the ALDS. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. And Turner in the air, center field, that ball's hit well, Martinez is on the run,
1: This is way back, and it is gone! It is a walk-off home run for Justin Turner! The doctor is now in All right, hour number two here on the show. On this Wednesday, T.C. Martin Ballpark. Frank, with you. The June Swoon, the dog days of summer. Mm. It's baseball, man. I feel good. Get ready to go back to the ballpark. I'm excited. It's been a long time because you know how I love baseball in the summertime. I'm talking about going to parks. Love it.
2: Ivy's turning green, and the Cubs are on a losing streak. There it's you summer go. in Chicago.
1: Yeah, just, just like the <laughs> 70s and the 80s, right, man? <laughs> Except made for 1984. Wait till right? next
2: year. Yeah. You know how many times I heard that in my life growing up as a kid?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I didn't mind it. You
1: know, it was like oh, okay, I didn't either you you made because... it,
2: it made them the lovable Cubs right and again, now I'm not a diehard cub fan I'm, I'm not a right. my brother and my best friend are diehard cub mm. fans, so it never bothered me. In fact, when they finally won, I'm like, well now they're not going to be as lovable to it's everybody true. It's like when the mm. Red Sox won, then Red Sox Nation came and everybody like despised them. It's like the one thing you had going for you was that everybody loved you because you never won. You were Charlie Brown on a major league platform Let me pose this question to you. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the Cubs' success, okay, and let's, let's do the backstory a little bit, too, because we're talking about Wrigley Field, the last, you know, stadium to have lights, but like you said, they should have been the first going yeah, way back Yeah, they were going when. to be
2: the first, and uh, and Wrigley decided to give the lights to the war effort, right? and then when other stadiums implemented him, he said, right. well, if we can't be first, we're going to be never, right. and that's why they didn't have lights for all right. those years, because he was like, we were supposed to be first, we couldn't mm-hmm. be that. So the hell with it we're never putting them right. in here.
1: And then they finally got pressure from networks, but then again, they actually gave the, up
2: home field advantage when they played the Padres, I believe in 84, 84 because yeah. they were supposed to have home field and the network said you have to play 3 night games and they're like, no, yep. we're not. They gave up home field and probably lost their chance to win a World Series that year yep. because of their right. just their stubbornness to not have night baseball. So a
1: lot of people, you know, think that, you know, the, the Cubs held out you know for For that tradition, that sort of thing, they got and they got pushed by the networks, but you know then there was that talk too it 's like, well, the cubs are playing great in in May and June then July, then here come the dog days of summer well they they 're playing too many day games, and that argument was out there for all this time so i 'm just you know the question that that I have here, just again, food for thought if we 're talking about it. Did the Cubs go through all of those changes and those renovations at Wrigley Field to go to some luxury boxes, you know, brand new scoreboard, the Jumbotron now, and all that stuff? Because. Of the success they had finally winning a World Series in 2016? Or was it just, hey, new owners, we want to, you know, to get up to date and we just feel like it's a sign of the times because there were so many people that said, Hey, let's keep everything as is. Or was it because of the success? And then you had more fans and more people that wanted to come to Wrigley Field and they're good now. So you can look at both sides of that.
2: Well, I think it's a combination of a a bunch of different things. Certainly one of the things was when they were getting better in that, people wanted to see them on TV because they are one of America's teams, whether you like them or you don't care for them that much. But, you know, because they never did when they weren't a threat to most people, And quite frankly, the infrastructure at Wrigley Field was so incredibly bad, they had to start doing some stuff. When people are in the stands and pieces of the press box are literally falling off onto people's seats, Mm -hmm. you got to do something to fix things up because they didn't want to tear the whole Mm -hmm. thing down. But there were literally reports of chunks Mm -hmm. of concrete just falling on people sitting in the stands. So it's
1: funny you bring that up because I was going to games back there during that time when they were just starting the renovation process. And when you look up, you would see... Uh, these like giant nets that had concrete and, you know, boulders yeah. and that sort of thing. And like, what's up with that? And it's like, it's all part of the construction. And, and the
2: and, urinal troughs it, had to go. Well,
1: <laughs> they, they, they did. They, they did. I will say it, it, is, it is much better now. There's, there's no doubt. And remember, there's only, you know, two restrooms, men's and women's on in that whole stadium there at Wrigley Field. So, yeah, they had to upgrade that as well, too. But Because hey, yeah, that was nasty. That it, was just wrong. It, it was. You, you didn't want to go <laughs> in the trough, in the urinal. Exactly. And don't forget the, the, the pedal on the bottom for, for the uh-huh. to water to wash your hands. But probably about 30% of the people, I was one of the 30, that would wash their hands when they're done with their business there.
2: Yeah, the, the really gross thing was yeah. the guys that um, had had way too much to drink and they thought the urinal trough was the place to wash that's their true. hands. That's true. That That's just wrong, wrong, wrong.
1: Mm. All right, let's bring in our guy, MLB Network Radio, the all-star, the World Series champion, Steve Sachs.
2: What's going on, my
1: man? Uh, Nothing about a trough, I can promise
0: you. Uh, it's it's just kind of kind of normal, you know? No trough city, we're just – Kind of doing the thing, I just got back from a vacation. I was uh, back in Nashville, Tennessee. Then I drove to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, watched my nephew play in the Red Sox organization and I also went to the shoeless Joe Jackson Museum, which was riveting. It was unbelievable. so I had just had a great vacation. It was the best ever.
1: That is awesome, man, and I don't think many yeah. people know that there's a shoeless Joe Jackson museum that's outstanding and Unreal. is that in greenville well, or was that they, located in greenville they took his house
0: and they made his house which was a two-bedroom one-bath little house he bought after he retired and and they made it into a museum and it was just i couldn't believe it it was so amazing but the, the curator there was just phenomenal he knew every inch and detail of his life and, and uh, his house and, and it was just a, an incredible thing
1: all right, great stuff. Steve Sachs join us. Steve, you heard us talking about the old ancient Wrigley Field and those days, you know, the dog right. days. Uh, what was your take on that? I know you didn't get a chance to play in Wrigley too much. You were know, with the Dodgers, you get that maybe that one trip a year out there. What was your thoughts about playing at Wrigley Field?
0: Uh, I played my first game in the big leagues in Wrigley Field, and actually we, we played a lot in Wrigley Field. I mean, uh, I think we went there twice. Um, even though they were in the East, I think uh, maybe it was once, but I played quite a bit in Wrigley Field, and uh, like I said, my first game ever was there, and I remember when you come out to the field, you have to duck because you will hit your head on the cement uh, because everything was so kind of cramped in there. I know what you're talking about. The yeah. facilities weren't great. The locker room was awful, yeah. but the field was pretty cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. You ever have one of those uh, career days at Wrigley, wind blowing out, one of those type of games where you were yeah, felt like had, you really I were had, a power hitter?
0: I hit a grand slam at Wrigley uh, and a home a three run homer the next day, and so and and actually the wind was blowing in when I hit them, so it was it was quite the contrary. But there were days when the wind was blowing out. I think another day I hit a homer to right field, which I didn't do a lot, but wind was blowing out, and yeah, it was it was quite a place to play. It was uh, very fun. Fans were into it. It was almost like a a backyard picnic atmosphere, and that bodes well. So I, I enjoyed it very much.
2: And it's kinda of interesting too because a lot of the fans that watch it on T V and haven't been there, they see the Ivy when it's blooming and it looks so, you know, prestigious and so nice and everything. And then they get mad when an outfield doesn't run full bore to the to the wall, not realizing that you're literally running into bricks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they should probably inspect that before they, the game starts knowing <laughs> that that's not real cushy out there, that if you hit that thing full speed, uh, that's going to be painful. Uh, so it's w- another nuance that you have to deal with. The right field line, of course, uh, basically goes down to zero uh, <laughs> right. in foul territory at the end there. And there's jut outs uh, for the fence when the ba- the basket starts in left center field. Right. So there's 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 lots of different things you have to contend with, uh, uh, not the least is the, you know, no lights but before 1987, I believe. So um, we had to play a game there once, and it was a 22 or 23 inning game, and we had to continue it the next day because there was no lights. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was something. I, I know I scored the winning run, and I was a sacrifice fly, and I was coming home, and they threw the ball home, and I slid in, and Eric Gregg was, was the umpire. And he said, You're, I uh, know you're safe. <laughs> And I said thank you, Eric. I was saved, and we wound up winning the game. And that was a, I think that was a three for nine. I got a nine at bats in that game. The funny thing was, Jerry Royce came in to release in the twenty second or twenty third inning to get the win. Jerry Royce got the win, and then he started the next game, the regular game, which was like a, a half hour later, and he got the win there. He got two wins in one
1: day outstanding I, I i remember that yeah. i remember that that's great so eric Crazy. gray came, eric gray came home maybe he was a little bit confused maybe because he couldn't see the plate i mean you know eric gray could oh, be confused wow. with a quake you know that <laughs> yes the the, the quake <laughs> and, and eric Gregg they're almost the same name you could <laughs>
0: confuse the two uh the quake and eric gray yeah i mean i, I mean cumulative poundage Cumulative poundage on these two—I'm not sure. It might—it uh, might—it might equal up to the city of Pacoima. Not sure, but that there's quite a weight, uh, you know, advance there between the two.
1: Numschuck, no, I would like you to, to get a picture of Eric Gregg and the Quake and go side by side, so you could have a, a good vision of what Saxie is talking about there. And that—that's that's worth a that's worth uh, a post right there. There's no question. There it is. You know, yeah, it,
0: but, but you're not going to get one from Eric Gregg now because unfortunately he's not yes, with us. I understand. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it, but but he was a good prime. dude. <laughs> he was a guy that liked to vary the strike zone, let's say. Uh, it depends if it was a getaway day where they had to catch a flight. I remember once in, in, in Florida, in free training, first pitch of the game was about six inches outside. I looked at him. I said, Eric, what up? And he said, that's where it is today, Taxi. Let's start swinging. Mm-hmm.
2: It's funny, too, because when you're talking about the Wrigley Field and some of the aesthetics of it, I remember, because I'm from the Chicago area, and I used to watch all the games, and I remember once when Jose Cardinale was playing out there, and there was Uh a a ball in the corner in left field, and I think it was Jack Brickhouse still doing the play-by-play, and he's like, oh, and there's a double, and oh, wait a second, Cardinale throws it in, and they tagged him out, and... He had a ball that he had stuck in the ivy, and he knew that he couldn't get to the one in the yeah. corner. So he went and he grabbed the one out of the right, ivy, right. thinking he could get away with it. And they were like, well, no. And, and then, of course, they you know, they gave the guy second or whatever. But it's the kind of thing, That's if funny. things were viral and everything today, that would have blown oh. up everywhere. And then the camera yeah. is showing the ball just laying out there around the foul line on the warning track in the corner and left. But Cardinal was like, well, that one's farther away. I'm going to go get this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a great story. I never heard that before. And, and that's pretty, the thing, pretty, uh, pretty
1: smart.
2: And that's the thing that? too. I was going to say is we don't
1: see many balls stuck in the ivy as much anymore. I mean, back in the day, there, you know, ball off the wall. I'd say sixty, seventy percent of the time, it's going to get stuck in there. Outfielder puts his hands right. up. We're not seeing it that much. You know, th- you know, maybe they're trimming
2: it. I don't know what. I, they deal I think with. they trim it more, yeah. and I think they tell them to do that a little bit yeah. to keep the game going. Yeah, so there's not all the ground rule do, do. doubles. Mm.
0: Yeah, for, for those novices that haven't been in the outfield and know that you could run into it, they probably wanted to give them a little heads up that if you crash into the thing, it could be uh, destructive to your health. So, yeah, that's part of why they trim it up.
1: There it is. All right, Steve Sachs uh, joins us. All right, uh, Sachs, any uh, sticky substance uh, on your hands today? I mean, how are you feeling with this? Have no. been checked out? Anybody no. pat you down?
0: Yeah, you walk out in the field today, it's like your TSA at the airport. They make you get half stripped down there. This is, this is an all-new low. For baseball, I thought baseball was bad when it went on therapy. Uh, when they had to, uh, you know, change all the rules so somebody might get hurt. And uh, now this is an all-new law where they have to go out and inspect you going on the field. Uh, tell me something. Can you uh, ask, let me tell me what the answer to this is? Wait for it now. Why do they have to inspect you when you go out to the field and when you come off the field? Is there some little leprechaun that, like, sneaks onto the mound that we don't see that loads you up with sticky stuff before you go back in the dugout? Weren't you just checked when you got walked out to the field? Mm -hmm. I mean, is this magic stuff?
1: I I, I don't know what they're doing and and why they got to check you twice. This is This is absurd. Uh, thoroughness, I guess. I have no idea, but you're right. It's it's insane. It's crazy that they're going to check on the exit plan. That that's ridiculous as it is. It's sickening to watch. But you're right. Why do it again? And why? And we talked about this last time you're on the show about that you're, you're you're checking multiple innings as well too. Yeah, so, it, it, I, I'm not getting this. And you wonder why? You wonder why
0: fans are so turned off. You wonder why uh, you know attendance has dropped precipitously. In the last several years, there was a year or two in there where it was even, but for the most part, baseball for the last seven years has gone down. And I wonder why. Geez, I mean, doesn't common sense tell these people anything? It's a turnoff. There's no personality in baseball anymore. You can't, you can't, the, baseball is so clinical that they, they just robbed it of its history, and they just, you just can't enjoy the game. The game is good because of the warts that baseball has, the imperfections, the, the question calls about the umpires, the ability to go out and throw a base when you're mad, the ability to have an argument, you know, have be spitting in the face of the umpire back and forth when you're arguing with them. Those days are gone, brother. We, we, baseball is not like that anymore. You can't dust somebody up on home plate. You can't run into the second baseman or shortstop. You can't kick dirt on the umpire. It, it's just, it's, it's no fun. I mean, they wonder why it's no
1: fun. That's why. You, you mentioned the Eric Gregg situation where a lot of umpires do, it, hey, getaway day and that sort of thing. Do you think that that is really curtailed and that umpires really don't do that so much anymore now because they are checked and double-checked and video-reviewed and their supervisors have to look at stuff? Or do you think that that, that has completely gone away?
0: Uh, no, I don't think it's completely gone away. I think some of that's in there. And, you know, some umpires are, have a different idea of what a strike and a ball is. But for the most part, I think they try to be consistent. I think for the most part they try, and and that's what you want in an umpire. Of course, Angel Hernandez and Joe West don't count, but, but for the most part, um, <laughs> you know, for the most part, guys want to see an umpire that tries. They're not people aren't going there to watch the umpire, uh, and when they're doing a good job, is when you don't really know they're there. That's when they're doing a good job.
1: How many times did you deliver that line to an umpire? Like, hey, no one is paying to see you, buddy. You had to say that at some point in your career to a couple of different guys.
0: Uh, not when I played, because I, I didn't want to get on the bad side <laughs> of, uh, of these guys. So I, I pretty much didn't say anything like that. I tried to stay in, in good graces with the umpires. You know, I right. didn't want to kiss anybody's behind. I don't do that either. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, if they don't have anything good to say, then it was just a... A courtesy of, you know, like maybe a hello and how you doing. That's it.
2: Gotcha. Well, yeah, because if you say something like that, then that pitch that was six inches outside, that's a strike on every time that you yeah. come up to bat. Yeah.
0: There's no doubt that they give, they give it to some guys like that that they don't like. They, they will stretch the zone on guys that they don't like yeah. or crunch the zone on a pitcher they don't like. There's no question.
1: Saxy, we're talking about the Cubs here in Wrigley Field. What's the deal here? 11 in a row the Cubs have lost. Yeah. What's wrong with this team, man? Break it down.
0: Well, watch the for sale sign pop up in the uh, in the front office of the Cubs. That's what's happening. You got three main guys that are there: Rizzo, Baez, uh, Rizzo, Baez, and the other one Bryant. is
1: Chris Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. These,
0: these three guys are. They tried to do deals before. They tried to get extensions earlier. Cubs weren't biting, so so there's some uh, animosity in the hearts of these three young guys. They're 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 gone to free agency. There's no way their best option right now is to trade these guys as soon as they can. And get something in value back if they if they possibly can because they're hitting the free agent
1: market. Ch- changing gears a little bit here. The news. Which... Wait, wait,
0: let me say one more thing yeah. too, TC. Go. When you talk about breaking down what's gone on the team, actually the bullpen is about the only bright spot on the Cubs. The bullpen's been sparkling this year when they've had a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other side of it is the starters have not been good. You see, Jake Arietta has an ERA of almost seven, uh, and it's been over a number of starts where. He just hasn't been able to get it together. Um, And that's one of the reasons why you see the Cubs where they are. They have a lot of swing and miss in their game. Uh, Sometimes they have lapses. You saw what happened with Javier Baez early in the year, forgetting how many outs there were. So there's some inconsistency definitely with this
1: team. Yeah, no question uh, about that. Well, maybe one of the feel-good stories, one of the few feel-good stories, I guess, if you want to call it that, is Otani and and what he's done, not only with the 32 homers, but – you know, pitching and, and being an all-star as a pitcher and a catcher. What is your take uh, on Otani, and, and and what do you think of his game? Maybe uh, specifically as a pitcher, because we've seen him have some rough outings as well, too.
0: Well, he's uh, you know he's, he's he is an all-star pitcher this year when you when you add them all up. Yeah, uh, he's had a really good year as a pitcher. Um, he's he's kind of throttled it back a little bit, where he doesn't go have to go out there and strike everybody out. Um, he pitches to soft contact, which is which is great. He's been able to implement uh, a, a, a tertiary pitch, um, and for for you people that live uh, where I used to grow up in Arlington Oaks, that's a third pitch, um, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's the fastball that's up in the zone, a tremendous splitter, and a great slider and a slash curveball that now has some bite and depth to it, where he's able to get these guys out. So very effective as a pitcher. His hitting is off the chart. Every time he comes up with a possible home run, 31 home runs this year, he can take the ball to the middle in and hit the ball out to the opposite field, which is astonishing how he hits that ball away or in, and he can hit it away. That means he's waiting on the ball, letting it travel, and still able to hit it out of the ballpark, the opposite field. That's a, a crazy thing. And watch him run. Oh, my gosh. He, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. This guy is, is loaded. He's slathered with talent. It's ridiculous how much talent he
1: has. You know, for people that say, I don't know, you the age of a 35 or under, 30 or under, they really haven't seen a guy like this that is multi talented, you know, from a, a pitching standpoint, a hitting standpoint. Is he kind of a throwback, in your opinion, to anybody that either played in your era or even before that that, you know, that was such a great hitter and could be a threat to go yard anytime as a pitcher? No.
0: No, there's, 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 I can tell you nobody has been like him, uh, since Babe Ruth. That has been the closest comparison that you can make. And it's not even close. There's, there's nobody remotely close yeah. to what Shohei Otani is doing besides Babe Ruth. And of course, Shohei Otani is no Babe Ruth, but there's been nothing since him that can measure up to, to any of the successes that Shohei Otani has had. It's astonishing that we're able to watch. I hope it's a, if he's a comet that streaks across the sky for five or six years and able to do that, I'll take it. I want to see him do both. And, uh, he, you know, if something goes like his arm goes again, he can just be relegated to a, to a hitter, and he can do that. But uh, he's always going to be able to hit. And, and that body of his where he can run as fast as he does, I don't know if you've seen him run from first to yeah. home or first oh, to yeah. third. The guy runs like a gazelle. He's really fast.
1: Sax, let me ask you this: Did you see this coming with him? Because all the hype about him coming over from Japan, but we've had a lot of hype, you know, with Matsui Ichiro and, and guys like that in the past. Did you think that we would actually be seeing what we're seeing here?
0: Well, I thought that something might, you know, might ferret him out where he wouldn't be able to pitch as well, um, or the hitting might not be consistent. But it's, you know, when we saw him pitch, you know, right before he had the Tommy John surgery. Um, there was a few games in there he pitched where his stuff's electric. I mean, and he was basically doing it with two pitches, the fastball and the splitter. And you thought, God, this guy would be really great as a reliever because he's got just basically two pitches that are electric, you know. And now he's developed the uh, the, the, third, the third pitch. And so everything is as good except better now because he's got more command. He doesn't, yesterday in his game, he didn't walk anybody. And he was all over the strike zone. He only struck out four, but he had a lot of stop contact. And that's because he's able to augment his repertoire. And so, you know, this guy is really going full circle. He's got a great idea on command, and he knows he doesn't have to strike everybody out and still be really effective. Seven innings, I think he went seven or eight innings yesterday and didn't walk anybody. That's a great sign for Shohei.
2: The fact that he does come from Japan, has that helped in his development in a certain way that if he was from the United States, that would he get the same opportunities with, you know, if a guy's that good of a pitcher, maybe coaches wouldn't have been as apt to put him in and let him play on a day-by-day basis? Or would they have said, well, you're not going to pitch and you're just going to be a right fielder? Or is his talent just so off the chart that you would have had to be an idiot not to try him out in both positions?
0: Yeah, it's, it's the latter, not the former. And I, I think the fact that he comes from Japan, the work ethic in Japan is um, demonstrated in the fact that these guys are all about reps. And I think that's what Shohei needs is a lot of reps in order to put these, uh, put the, all this talent in their productive boxes and, and really let it go. Uh, because, you know, you got to separate really the two. Okay, now what you're doing, you're just pitching. you got to it's all about a mental thing. And then when you go to hit, that's, that's a quarter, of course, a whole different strategy, you know, and it's all really tough mentally. And I think that's one advantage maybe that the Japanese players have is they have so many reps that, you know, they'll, they'll go throw a game. And after the game, they'll throw a bullpen, you know, so (laughs) you don't see that happen here, but over there, they do that. And uh, I think that really helps him being a two-way
1: player. All right. Steve Sachs joins us. Steve, let me leave you with this here. Trevor Bauer, the Dodgers, that situation there, we talked about uh, when this news broke last week about the sexual assault. And then Dave Roberts initially came out and said, well, hey, uh, we're, you know, we're going to let Major League Baseball do their diligence, but we're going to you know, still start him. And this was last week, they said, on, on Sunday. Then they came back a couple of days later and said, well, no, we're not. Now the Dodgers have canceled his bobblehead night on August the 19th. I guess they pulled mm-hmm. his merchandise. Uh, give us mm-hmm. your thoughts uh, about Trevor Bauer and this story.
0: Well, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of let due process uh, make its way, and that's, that's the fair way for both sides. Yep. Um, obviously, these, these, revel- these allegations are startling and they're shocking. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to see due process do it the right way, and everybody's entitled to that. He is and she is, too. And so let's just uh let's just let it play itself out. But I think the Dodgers are doing the right thing to pull everything. And um, you know, baseball was in base MLB has their own uh investigation that they're doing as well besides the feds. So um there's gonna be a very thorough investigation and that's what we want. We want this thing to be very, very thorough investigation. But I think it was good to, you know, pull him off and, and let this uh investigation to make its course and then I think we'll have better chances to uh you know, to comment on it. But uh, I can just say that the the allegations here are, are, are absolutely
2: shocking. We know that the motto in this country is innocent until proven guilty. We know that the court of public appearance isn't always necessarily that way. If he is found innocent of these charges or that it was consensual or whatever they find, and he does get to come on the mound and pitch again, what's life on the road going to be like for him? Because I'm sure that he might get some love at home, but there's still going to be people on the road that even if they say that he didn't do anything wrong, they're going to make it sound like he did.
0: Well, yeah, and that's, that's the way it is uh, when you go into opposing ballparks. So they're not going to give you the benefit of doubt for anything. Um, and again, uh, I don't want to go into it because I don't know uh, about it. I only know what I've read like everybody else in, in the U.S. has read, and I want to see the. Uh, I want to see the. You know, the full investigation go complete full circle, and then we'll have a better chance to uh, give our opinions. My opinion right now doesn't mean anything because because there's an investigation going on. and I think that's the best way to do it.
1: All right, uh, great stuff, man. All right, Steve Sachs. Uh, when is the podcast launching?
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, we are going to be launching. Uh, I believe in two weeks. And um, we're going to have some unbelievable guests on here. I don't want to say it too soon okay. because we're, we're in the midst of confirming them now. But it's going to be great. The podcast is going to be Sacks in the Morning. Um, and we are encouraging people to listen to it. Uh, when you get up, it's the best time. And that's why we call it Sacks in the Morning because it's, it's going to be some inspirational stuff for your day. And I think people are going to enjoy it. So hopefully they'll get a lot out of it.
1: I know. I know you're looking forward to it. You're putting a lot of work into it. And we're definitely uh, Mm promoting it as well, too. So we're looking forward to it, my man. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Well, we we got through this interview without any uh, music in the background. You we're by the pool hanging out today. What's the deal? Frosty beverage? (laughs) <laughs> you know, when you get back from vacation, you got a lot of stuff to catch up on, and yeah. that's where I find
0: myself today. But maybe tomorrow. There you go, brother. Now, now
2: Sachs, in the morning, that's not going to be a Zoom podcast from the hot tub, is it?
0: <laughs> right now, it's all audio, but by next year, we're going to be video too. And we're yeah. So next year, we'll be video.
2: There you go. Man.
1: You know what we got to do is we got we got to get the quake on. <laughs> I'm sure he would love to be on. I don't know what you do it. Do you have a, a screen big enough to get the quake on? <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to wait till next year when we're when we're video. We'll have to bring on the quake. You can split screen. That's true. Yeah, that's right. We already have the split screen. We got Eric Greg on one side and the
2: quake on the other. And the thing is, we need oh we need an 80, uh, 80 incher for that. <laughs> the, the only thing is, it's kind of hard to split screen a single digit number three on the back.
1: That's it. That's right. That's right. All right, I hear you guys. All right, brother, be good, man. Guys. There it is. Steve Sachs. Catch him on MLB Network Radio, XM 89. And uh, he's on about uh, three, four times a week, kind of whenever he feels like it. But, no, you catch him on a lot at uh, nighttime after uh, the games there. Great analysis. And, of course, uh, one of our regulars, longtime friend, great job.
2: I'm a little jealous right now. Yeah. He just had a vacation. I know. What is that?
1: I know. <laughs> I know. You know, you can put in for your vacation anytime. time, you know. I'll sign off on it. Sorry. I'm taking some days off. I'm getting my vacation on.
2: Be a little extra nothing in my paycheck? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's talk to the program director (laughs) about that. (laughs) I will as soon as they get one. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Another
2: radio station without a program director in this town? That seems kind of strange, doesn't it? Say it it? ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. (laughs) Shoeless Joe. So so, so they got a field of dreams and a house of dreams for Shoeless Joe, basically. Look at that. Greenville. Wow. Who knew? Uh, no. Not bad for a guy that was kicked out of baseball yeah. in the prime of his career. <laughs> I know.
1: Man, that guy could hit, though. All right. That's what they say.
2: I didn't see it personally. I'm old. I ain't that damn old.
1: All right. Coming back tonight, closeout game again, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup. We'll talk about that in more. T.C. Martin Ballpark Frank here on a Wednesday. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr.
2: T.C. Martin.
0: on the top But RoboCop last year was a shock Chub Rock, rock. Like
1: Chub rock. Rock's made the parents. You gotta love it kind of music Why not? We're talking about The Quake the Eric Gregg
2: Numbchuck Numbchub uh, <laughs> Numbchub <num-tub> is <laughs> when he goes to speed dial 3 Yeah he hasn't
1: mentioned Speed Dial Three lately.
2: Yeah, you know, time to
1: Were you were you only going to Speed Dial Three during the pandemic, numchuck anyway, That was it. Well, okay. No For yeah, those that are wondering what Speed Dial Three is, Numb has the local massage parlor on Speed Dial Three. There you go. So mm. we used to get a we used to get an update with that all the time. Not so much anymore. All right. Uh, how about this update? Uh, our good friend—I use that term loosely—TJ Reeves. From Tampa Bay, who is, I believe, got his lightning gear on already. I don't think they're going to allow him in the, in the press row wearing his lightning jersey to the Amelie Arena or whatever the heck they're calling it. There's Tampa Bay Lightning going up for a closeout tonight. Trying is he to,
2: bolting from the Rays game to the Tampa Bay Lightning I game?
1: I think that's what's happening because I just got a text from him saying, We have a no-no in Tampa Bay today. It's funny how I'm, I, I start doing the voice. I just start doing guys' voices. No. No, we're not getting him on today. He, he, he told me he's at, at the amusement park. What's the the amusement park there in Tampa? He was taking advantage of it because they had the hurricanes, so they have been closed, so no one wants to go out. So he thought, okay, I'll go out today, take the kids. It'll be less crowded. So anyway, so yeah, thank goodness he's not available. But anyway.
2: It's less crowded because half the rides are closed down. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Still kind of wet, too. So anyway, he texts me and says... There's a no no uh, a no-no going on in Tampa Bay. So, as we say in the NFL, upon further review, the Tampa Bay Rays are leading four to nothing. And there's no hits in the game for the Cleveland Indians, the tribe, their opponent. First of all, it's a seven inning game.
2: Okay, no so, no hitter though.
1: So see, right? So we're we're on that page. So not official. So
2: this, is, this isn't women's softball.
1: Right. So there's no and there's nothing wrong with women's softball. No, not I mean, at all. But, but women's softball play seven inning games. Right. So Major League Baseball, you play nine inning games, so it's not a no-hitter. And then here's the other part.
2: They've used five pitchers. They've used five pitchers. So what, each pitcher already. goes like an inning and a third or an inning and two-thirds max or something? Yeah, so here you go. You've got,
1: let's see, McHugh started. He went two innings. Oh. Fleming went two and two-thirds. Castillo comes in and gets one out. Whistler, Whistler's mother, went one inning and Fairbanks has gone one inning. Do the math here. So what inning are we? Oh, it's a final. It's a final. It's 4-0, 7-inning. It's not a no-hitter because it's a 7-inning game and they use five pitchers. Stop. Stop with that nonsense.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really kind of begging and reaching for a no-hitter. You know, it, it, like you said, is it combined? No, if it's a 9-inning game. And you have five pitchers, it's still a combined no hitter. But it's a seven inning game that's not an official no hitter. If if you can lose a no hitter because you threw nine no hit innings and then you give up one in the tenth or eleventh, then you certainly shouldn't get one for only going seven.
1: So obviously he's listening, so the the text just came in. Uh I call it Champa Bay, brother. Champa Bay, what? It's you got a victory. You got a seven inning victory.
2: Come Over on. Cleveland.
1: Yeah. Jeez, five pitcher. What is wrong? See, these are the days. As a manager, Kevin Cash, you go ahead and you use one guy to preserve your bullpen. You're playing a seven inning game, so you go in you take one of your guys. Maybe he's your fifth starter, sixth so, starter. So whatever. they have another game tonight. in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that was the second game because they played. Yeah. Okay, so what happened to the first game? Did they end up splitting? Let's go. Let's go check this out. So yeah, four Did they nothing. Have double no nos. <laughs> they, they swept. They won. Yeah, they won eight to one. The final uh, it went four to nothing and eight to one. There you go. In two seven inning games today. So the point of the matter is, you got games like that. You want to preserve your bullpen. You don't want to keep throwing these guys out there. You're going to need these guys. Games like that, especially when you're in an 8 to 1 game, have your starter go all 7. You know, he's going to be able to come back on regular rest. And let's go look at that 8 to 1 game because we saw what he did in the 4-0 game. How many pitchers did the clown use in that one? Two pitchers in game 1. Okay. So Michael Walker went 6 innings and brought a guy in for the 7th. And why you need to bring a guy in for the 7th? Was Walker tired? I mean, you're ahead 8 to 1. Going to the, to the seventh, the guy can't get three more outs? guy gave him one run and four hits. I, I don't understand managing. I just don't get it. You know? And that's another thing. You got a closer, and you're in a close ball game, and you say you're playing a division opponent. Let me just use this as an example because we see it. It's rampant throughout Major League Baseball. You got your closer, and he pitched the day before. And he got a save, and he pitched one inning. He might have thrown maybe 20 pitches, Okay. You're telling me you're not going to use him the next day? I've seen managers say, no, I used that guy yesterday. Or I used that guy two days in a row. Okay, now it's a 6-5 game. And you got the heart of the order coming up. You want your closer, right? Isn't that why you have a closer? Isn't that why you're paying this guy closer money? Yeah, come and get the job done. Bring in some other ham and ager. And now you lose the lead. Go extras. Lose the game outright. Because you had the guy that you wanted for that specific situation, yeah, he pitched yesterday. Yeah, we'll sacrifice this game. Because remember, there's a big difference in most major league bullpens. you got starters, then you've got your closer, which is your best reliever.
2: Everybody else is garbage. And the only guy on the team that can drink coffee. Right. <laughs> right, right. Right. And, you know, maybe you got a setup guy.
1: But we see these managers going with the middle relief guys. Well, I'll see my closer today. He's middle relief for a reason. He's a minor league guy.
2: These middle relievers bounce back and forth to the minor leagues. So you're saying he's basically in the majors because you have to fill the roster spot. Yeah. Walker had 90 pitches. Who
1: cares? The guy's not going to pitch again for probably four or five days, right? You got an 8-1 to one lead. He's got 90 pitches. I'm going to bring somebody else in. And you got a doubleheader. An hour or two later, you're going to need these guys. So what you're saying is okay. Like, not, obviously, I'm not going to pick pick uh, pitch Waka in the nightcap, but that guy who's pitching that last inning, I'm not going to use him the next game. It's silly.
2: I'll tell you what. Personally, I think it's more impressive in baseball today, from the early action we've had, that O'Tani hit his 32nd home run today. Right. Than we talked that about they that. got a combined no no in seven innings.
1: Yes. Otani
2: it. It's, it's, what is that the participation ribbon no no
1: he surpasses uh, Hideki Matsui right as the'll
2: is the current home run leader? Yeah
1: yeah well yeah or... ja- Japanese oh yeah 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 for, yeah. for Japanese hitters yeah. in major league baseball, right especially, yeah. especially this time that's impressive 32 home runs for Otani. Oh and by the way, the angels still stink right
2: well, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't think they're doing great, but... <laughs> no, they stink. You know? yeah. I'm winning 5-4 to today.
1: Yeah, they're winning. They're winning.
2: But yeah, winning. Still time to blow it, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. But in the big picture, when you look at the American League, the Angels, they're five games out. They're 43-42. Nine and and a half behind the Astros. Nine and a half. And we're not even at the All-Star break yet. So there we go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the All-Star game. I'm not looking forward to the strip search and all other nonsense. What's going to happen? We go extra innings, or is that what we're doing? We are going to play nine, or we're going to play seven. Because, you know, we should conserve everyone's energy. Maybe we should only have a seven-inning game. Well, we know if it's a
2: no-hitter, it will definitely be combined. I'm being sarcastic, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. This is true.
2: Because <laughs> there will be sev- several different pitchers yeah. used.
1: We go 10th inning, we're going to go softball rules, though, right? Run around second. Do maybe, it during the regular season, right?
2: Maybe they do it after eight now because it's the 17th in London. <laughs> right. Extra start counting yeah. at eight. And, and then, of course, everybody's got to play. Oh, yeah. Got to get him in there. Yeah, yeah. So And then hopefully it doesn't go extra because then you run out of players.
1: Run out of pitchers, right? You have a left fielder coming to pitch in the 11th or 12th inning.
2: You know, if they want to make sure that everybody plays, maybe they should have a re-entry rule. If you're taken out after the second or third inning, what the hell? You can go back in again later on. (laughs) I'm in there changing everything else, and it's an exhibition, right? Well, if we're going to softball rules with that,
1: softball has re-entry. So there you go.
2: What if Otani starts on the mound goes a couple innings, then they sit him a couple, and then they put him in right field. That would be a re-entry rule thing. No. That would be creative. That'd be Yeah, because it, I'm saying if they, if he started as a pitcher right. and then they literally took him out when the when the pitcher changed and he wasn't in the lineup as anything else, but then they re-entered him as an outfielder. Well,
1: well, yeah, but you know that he's hitting while he's pitching. I mean, that's his strength. No,
2: but I'm saying after the second inning – after 2 innings of ne- pitching they're taking him out so he wouldn't no. be in the lineup I, to hit anymore
1: i'm just saying you're using a bad example because it's otani now if it was some other pitcher who is, has no value as a hitter that
2: no no i know that but okay. i'm saying but otani would be the one that you could do it with no other pitcher you would think about doing it with he would still technically be out of the game for the innings he wasn't playing if the pitcher spot came up somebody else would hit it wouldn't be him and then you put him back in in like the 7th or 8th or something Right. In the outfield.
1: Right, but he's hitting not in the pitcher spot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he's pitching, he's hitting. So whether he's hitting second, third, fourth in the order, or ninth, in that matter, if he's pitching, he's still hitting. He's never coming out of the game. That's my point. I don't know if that's what you meant or something different. No, no,
2: but but if his – place in the batting so order comes up. So you're saying that J-
1: up, Joe Mann would, re- him, which yes, we know would replace wouldn't. him? Yes, he
2: would replace him. That's what I'm saying. If you yeah. wanted to get creative and show that it's really an exhibition, you literally yeah. take him out, let him rest, have a couple hot dogs. <laughs> he doesn't have to be Joey Chestnut on the bench. He wouldn't eat hot and dogs. He so calls, would, he,
1: would he eat hot dogs?
2: Or oh, would he eat some copia? sushi? She was pretty yeah. good at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know the man's dietary regiment. <laughs> you must. You said go have a couple <laughs> hot dogs. Well, it's a baseball Uh, thing, isn't it? So, again,
1: just to, again, I'm not trying to destroy your point here, but we have seen Otani, because Madden does not want to take out his bat, we have seen Otani pitch a game and then go play the outfield. No, and I get
2: that, but I'm saying in this particular game, do it something different just to have controversy and get people talking about it.
1: There you go, controversy. How about controversy? Do we have any controversy in this Stanley Cup final? We've got Montreal got a game, which I think we're kind of, Semi-happy about that because we're thinking, eh, maybe if they could get game five, which I don't know if they will, then maybe we got something to talk about. 3 nothing series, then it goes to 3-1 because they got game four in their home ice at the Bell Center. But I think everybody firmly believes, and the betting numbers back that up as well, too, that everyone's going to the window with Tampa Bay. But it's hockey! you still got
2: Carey Price. Carey he, Price. Did, he
1: did show up last game.
2: Yeah, I mean, Carey Didn't Price is get two games, though. I mean, Carey Price is, first you know. three games. He's one of the better goalies in the league. You know, the funny thing is, you said everybody was happy in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people in Tampa were happy. Because if they get a chance oh, to go to the game yeah. tonight now, they, get, they have an opportunity to see their team win on home ice. And I don't think the players care about that. They just want to win the Stanley Cup. But for the fans, it is a little bit more special if you can be at the event. Totally. I mean, you know... T-Mobile Arena saw a Stanley Cup presented. Unfortunately for VGK fans, it wasn't to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah,
1: and VGK fans didn't mind because they were still in the honeymoon phase and it was fine, and, and we were there. Oh, yeah, it was still the and, magical and, season. And everybody hung around. If you remember that, everybody hung around for the yeah, most well, part. Uh, unfortunately, I was over at Beer House. Yeah, that's right. You got relegated in the third period. Yes. You got, you got a
2: red card yes. at the end of yes. the second yes. mission. I, I, I had the worst deal in the media. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Frank. Can I paint the picture? Time for the money. Time. Get the hell out of here. Paint the picture. Go watch it on TV. Oh, by the way, if you hear the horn, then let fans know that in about uh, seven seconds there's going to be a goal scored here. So this
1: guy next to me, he had his media seat next to me. I remember for the very first game, first season, and we're at center ice. Now, of course, we're in the media section. We're kind of high up, but still, we're center ice. And this guy never sat in his seat. I'm talking about VGK Frank here. Never sat in his seat. I said, you've got a spot here in the press box. And he would do the pregame show, like down on the concourse or whatever. But it didn't make sense for you. I'm speaking for you here, and I'll let you you know, chime in whenever you want. About never taking his seat because he was relegated to leave the arena after the second period because he had to go do the postgame show a half mile down the road.
2: Well, but it wasn't just that. To go up to the press box and then have to wait for the elevator, we also did intermission reports between periods. That's right. So to get to the concourse, I would have had to go up in that. And if the elevator would have been running late a little bit or something, there was a very good chance that I would not have made it back and we would have had dead air during the intermission. So I would sit there, look at my laptop and everything and have all the stats and everything ready to go because – That was Clayton and I that did that, the first season like that, and both of us stayed down there. Neither one of us went up to our seats in the press box for fear of not making it back for the intermission. And then after the second period, then we had to wrap everything up. Our engineer had to get everything up, and then we had to break down and go over to the beer house and literally watch it on TV while everybody else was out there, either in the stadium or watching on the big screen, I'd watch a little bit of it from there, and, and you'd miss some of the action occasionally oh. too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Missed I tried to time goals, yeah. it all the time, and yeah. I mean, I would see them on the TV screens, but it was yeah, it was but it was not ideal, ideal. But they had Coca Cola in the press box. Remember, the,
1: remember who the guy was that
2: would deliver you Coca Cola and popcorn as well too. I, I, there was a couple people that bring it to me. But, yeah, <laughs> you brought some sometime, but. But yeah, but no. It, it, and, Nobody and it, made their way from
1: the press box to go all the way down there during the intermission. Oh, you made it during, during the intermission? Except yeah. me. Okay, yeah. During That's the
2: intermission, it. yeah. There you go. See?
1: I was thinking about you, man. See? I appreciate that. No one else is thinking about
2: you, just me. You know, one of uh, our old buddies <laughs> over there. Uh, uh, Vinny brought me a Coca Cola when I was in the hospital the day I yeah. broke my neck. And there you go. And he said he knew that they didn't want it. And then somebody brought me one the next day, but I was already gone. So yeah, Cause, yeah. I mean, who wants to stay in a hospital more than one day just for yeah broken a neck. broken
1: neck? Yeah, exactly. It's it's not not out, like get it, out of here.
2: It's not like it was serious.
1: Yeah, you got insurance? Get the hell out of here. You're gone. What? You're taking up a bed? He gone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't move my neck. You still the screws are still fresh in my neck. That's too bad. Go. That's okay. We'll we'll send – you got home health care? You got a buddy over there? Yeah. But
2: season one was very magical. There was a lot of different things. And you're right. There was a lot of novice fans in that. One of the cool things back then was because so many of the younger players, they would swing by the beer house all the time after the games and that. And, you know, when they weren't total household names and they could walk down the streets without being completely just mobbed by the people, Alex Tuck was one of those guys, especially when his parents were in town, he would always come by, and he would just pop in with us. And, you know, we'd have different pi- people popping in the show on that. So it was a little bit more free-flowing back then.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, again, let, let's, let's squash this because I know that it was out there prior to game number four, and it's still out there now. Oh, do you think Tampa Bay threw that game? No, you don't go to overtime, play your you-know-what off, and then you throw the game just because, hey, we want to win and hope to win in front of our home crowd in game five. And it's such nonsense. It's like if they do lose tonight, oh, they're gonna drop games. I mean, the stuff that we hear, and it's not just the goofball fans, we hear people in the media that actually say this too. And again, I call that pseudo media. That's not real media for people to suggest that nonsense. Up 3-0, yeah, we can't we don't want to celebrate in front of thirty five hundred Canadian fans, empty arena. No, we wanna dump it, go back. Well, if that's the case, put start your backup goaltender. Uh, start your, your your fourth line and all this other nonsense, rest some people, and lose six to nothing. You know, go to overtime.
2: It's it's so silly. And you hear it too. It's, it's oh, ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, well, for one thing, nobody on the team wants to lose. Vasileski doesn't want to be in there and have a playoff loss on his record. They want to win every game they get out there. And there's also the little thing called what if they played an entire season without Kucherov until the playoffs basically started. If you're going to say we're just going to throw a game out here, what if Kucherov gets hurt? What if Vasilevsky gets hurt? You're not risking something like that at this point. You've come this far. You're right about to plant the flag on Everest, and all of a sudden you slip and fall down the mountain. No. When you get a chance to plant the flag, you plant the damn flag. No doubt. All right, what happens tonight? Is it done or what? What do you think? I mean, I think. Tampa Bay will probably win because I think they're the better team, but I don't think Montreal is going to go quietly. And not to sound like a broken record, but if Montreal wants to win, they need to score early. They need to keep it close. They need to be either on the lead or right there because if it gets out of hand, Tampa Bay is not calling off the dogs. If they can win 6 to nothing tonight, they'll win 6 to nothing tonight. But remember, when they wrapped it up against the Islanders, they only won that game one to nothing. Yeah, it's not like the Islanders didn't play well. Vasileski was sensational in that game. That's what's scary about Tampa Bay. They can win a one nothing game, or if their offense gets rolling, and especially if Montreal takes takes a couple of dumb penalties, and uh, you know, Tampa Bay's power play is a little bit more effective in the playoffs than Vegas's was. It could be a tough night we, for them. We saw him beat the Islanders eight yeah, but, nil. Yeah, but 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 I do think I, I think Montreal is going to come to play. I just yeah. think Tampa Bay is and it, 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 okay. It's we had the one bad game, and Tampa Bay's also been incredible this season, and certainly in the playoffs. After a loss, they come back with guns ablaze, and I, I think they get it done tonight. And Montreal
1: won a game without scoring the first goal. Last game, yeah. So that's a, yeah. So they yeah. need to, they need to score yeah first. Yeah, three two game number four. In the OT, Montreal outshot them 34-21, to and that, that really hasn't. And they survived a four-minute power play as well, too. I mean, they maybe they got a little mojo going, but they're going to have to win tonight in Tampa. All right. Uh, and thank, again, it
2: did take them overtime to win yep. that last game. It's not like they right. won the game easily.
1: want to thank the Big 7-footer, Big Bill Cartwright for joining us, Steve Sachs as well. Great stuff there. His interviews up on the website. Go check it all out. And our interview with George Shea. From uh, the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, the chairman, the voice, the face, all that stuff. That's up on the website as well, too. So check out that interview. It
2: was a dog shay afternoon.
1: Dog shay. I like it. <laughs> all right. One of my favorite movies, man. Dog Day Afternoon. Kind of love it. Attica! Miss any part of the show? Go check it out. TCMartinShow.com. Frank and I will be back at you tomorrow at 2.00.